And this is KZYX Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Support for KZYX comes from our listeners in Mendocino Coast Clinics. Mendocino Coast Clinics is currently providing free COVID-19 surveillance testing in Fort Bragg with results back in less than a week. Testing is open to everyone for more information and to schedule an appointment. MCC online at MendocinoCoastClinics.org or call 707-962-1251. It's Friday night. It's a little after 7 o'clock. It's time for the Sports Moan. And it is time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry in Oregon, Jim in the Philo studio. Jim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. It's uh, clear and sunny and going down under 32 tonight. Yeah, it's it's been a little chilly here as well. Uh, you know, I think it's it, Oregon weather is definitely setting in, and I think you're getting a little a little taste of that up in Northern California. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, I, I take that back. It's, it's going under 32. Uh, inland but it's staying closer to 40 where we live gotcha well welcome everybody to the sports phone uh jim and i are always here happy to be here happy to be back like to thank everyone uh that donated last week during the pledge drive edition of the sports phone um so and jim and i always we really appreciate all that all that help and all that uh assistance to the station but we're back for another edition here tonight sports phone very simply put this is an open forum sports talk show uh jim and i are here we want to very simply put we want to hear what you want to talk about that is going on in the world of sports this can be news stories controversies topics just random thoughts or ideas that you have we want to hear about them as long as they're about sports throw them out there we'll talk about them we don't care what it is we just want to hear about it if it is indeed going on in the world of sports so looking forward to taking your calls uh, as we get rolling here uh, but it's been a while oh, since yeah. we've had a I, I think a scheduled guest on the show normally we've just been opening up the lines but I, I i have to say we have a guest this week so for the first time in a long time jim i'm gonna give it back to you <laughs> well it's been a while yeah i know it's, it's been a while and you know, I, I like this guest so much, and I think you do too, that, that I could have him on even in, in more, more frequently. I could have him on every couple of months. And, um, we have Josh Firks, who, when it comes to athletic credentials, I'm not say, saying done it longer than anyone in the world, but all at once, Josh Firks is the athletic director of Laytonville High School, maybe the middle school too, I'm not sure. Um, he is the PE teacher, and he's the boys' basketball coach. I mean, 
That's all things. They're, they, uh, they always call our show here in KZUX all things sports. Well, Josh Furks is all things sports to Laytonville High School. I'm going to bring him right on. Hi, Josh. Man, Jim, Jerry, it's, a, it's such an honor to be back on here with you guys. You guys are, you guys are great. I didn't realize you hadn't had a guest in, in, a, in a little while. That makes me even feel more honored. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we- there isn't any. Usually, our guests have to do with with local sports, and and um, you you know as well as I do that they're just not happening right now. Jerry, you want to frame a question? Well, I, I guess you know we brought Josh on because uh, a lot of times we you know I bring COVID updates from the the world of the world of like big big time sports, pro sports, big time college sports, and the whatnot. But it's been a while since we've heard anything from the local side so i guess josh just to kind of get us rolling here i i don't know if there is anything really is, is there anything to update us on at this point whether it be at laytonville or in kind of the county or larger area abroad like is there anything at this point to, t- to talk about with with local sports it, it, it's so bad you guys it's it, it, it's sad it, it, it's there, there's nothing going on. We're we're at Laytonville. We're we're in the purple tier. You guys heard that, so we're back and forth. That the the COVID's still around. As far as sports in Laytonville, we're ha- we're allowing our football team to condition with no equipment, no pads, social distancing with masks, anything to try and get the kids back on the floor or on the field or to get them engaged. They're missing. I don't know. I'm I'm sure Mendo is too. The kids are missing and needing sports and interaction this distance learning and this whole COVID thing it's just tragic on so many levels the parents are struggling teachers are struggling it's just so hard with we're losing connection and and you got you guys know sports is a big a big area in the community to get people together and and i don't see it happening right now we're waiting on cif so officially officially we're supposed to start practice december 7th Gavin Newsom and the higher ups haven't haven't greenlit that. I really don't think that's going to happen, but we haven't heard no yet, so we're holding our breath for that. You know, it's just going to be so hard with with this virus. So let me ask you this, because I also have the the game plan um, uh, emailed to me from Noah Gold, your your cohort and equal. Noah, in, Noah's awesome in Mendocino. Um, so my question for you is: is is it possible? For Laytonville, and you answer this if you don't, if you can't, you can't. But December seventh, NCS had said they may open up athletics from a competitive standpoint, and that's the by people that don't know that is the parent um, of of uh, the North Coast section is part of CIF. It's the North Coast section, and yeah. Um, Mendocino has decided if we're in the purple tier and we're not even allowed to come to school, there's no way. We're playing competitive sports, whether um, NCS allows them or not. So that, that that's so if, if they green light it, Mendo's not doing it. See, we so for us, if if they, if if the NCS and the CIF gives us the green light, we're going to try everything that we can to to make it happen. Whether and and I've heard so that's the first I heard Mendo's doing that. Geyserville Gym pulled the plug on all their sports. Covalod, if they're distance learning, they're not gonna. They're not gonna have teams. I'm pretty sure so, AV is the same. You know, so yeah, okay. So Laneville, they green light us, and we're trying. <laughs> who are we gonna play? That's you know, I was gonna like, say. Where are we gonna go? What are we gonna do? You know, like we we want to do it with all our hearts, but yeah. it, 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 I just don't see how it's gonna fly. I don't. I just don't see a scenario where we can keep the kids safe 
and, and, and have sports, especially if we're distance learning, especially if we're not at least back in the classroom. Oof. So, Josh, I wanted to get your take on something that, that Jim and I had a conversation about yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember how this conversation started, but we got into this conversation of when you, larger organizations like the NCAA and you know those types of places mm-hmm. they've kind of come up with this these ideas and the and these things where if players want to players are going to have the option to save a year of eligibility if they like if they backed out in a certain way signed paperwork or whatever it was but essentially seniors or really anybody are going to get to keep a year of eligibility and come back and play next year if they want to in, in college again I Jim and I were just talking about the practicality and if something like that could even work at the high school level do you see any way that something like that could work in high school where players or student athletes are given the option to come back and redo a year of eligibility is is there any way you could see that working man so so to start off like this is this thing is sad for everyone but like we were talking about can you imagine a senior your senior year getting this thrown at you, like that's the most, I my heart goes out to everyone, but senior athletes getting this rug pulled out from underneath them is just like unbelievably tragic. So that sounds great, and, and wouldn't that be cool if there was some way we could give these kids their eligibility back, and I, and, I, and I think it's great that the college is doing that. I think it's possible at the college level. I just don't know how we could pull it at the high school level I, with with I, the academics and with with the logistics of it. We, you know, they we've had super seniors. There's age. There's age restrictions. I mean, as cool as it sounds, Jerry, and as much as I would want to say, like, give these kids. Let's open a seniors only league. You know what I mean? Maybe for only I, the seniors. I, and we, you know, I just don't. I just. As sad as it is, I don't think it could work. Well, I, I, well, I, I was thinking about it from the academics standpoint, and I, I yeah. was just thinking about this earlier today. Like when I was a senior in Mendo, it, Mendo's a small high school. I had taken like every class at that point. Every class that, you could. that was yeah. there. So it's like, you, you, you what classes academically would yeah. these kids take? You you have to yeah. have academics to play high high school. You have to yeah. have a certain amount of academics. You know you know that. You have to you have know, Josh, amount of credit. Yeah. Most most people I talk to, and I was the AD for one year when when we when um, we lost an AD in Mendo, and they asked um, Gail asked me if I do it for a year, and I did. And I learned something about eligibility. I used to always think, you know, high school you could play up until age eighteen or up to age twenty, you know. But I learned that has that is not the way eligibility works. And and a lot of people, I'm assuming you know this. I'm I, and I'm not sure. I, I ran into lots of administrators that didn't know this. The way eligibility works in CIF is you start playing in whatever grade, ninth grade, you play a sport. You have four years from that day as of eligibility. You can't take a year off and then come back and play sports for on, on your fifth year. You have to play four years in a row, which which prevents some. 28 year old from going to high school for three three years and then coming back as a 20 year old and playing sports again you can't do it that way and coming back and getting it yeah where where if you started at you know like i mentioned the super seniors they only only way they would get to play jim is if they didn't play their freshman year you know i mean if they they had had that year they didn't have those four congruent consecutive years which would you know so what would they do open that up and get I mean, I would love to see these seniors get another year back. I, I just don't know how they could do it. I don't think they could swing it. Yeah, J- Jerry, I try to 
run of the scenarios. Forget well, about Leighton I wonder Vogt. what no, you know, like I'll, I'm going to mention that to Noah next time I talk to him because he's he's so great, and I go to Noah all the time for my questions, and I wonder what he what he what he was thinking. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I talked. He brought it up, and I, I forgot what we were we were talking about. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say, Jer. I was talking with Jennifer Saunders, the girls' basketball coach, and we were fantasizing about that too. We're just thinking about these seniors losing their, you know, like your senior year. I just, I mean, I guess if you're not an athlete, you don't really know. But as being an athlete, you guys know it's like twisting the dagger, man. It's like you yeah. pick the worst possible scenario. The word, this is it, you know, like not any sport, you know, <laughs> nothing. Well, the the good news is I work in a public health facility, and I talk to some of the politicians there, and um, and it looks to me like a vaccine is closer than, than than we think. And I think I could I think this vaccination, from everything I learned, could um. Could could affect spring sports. Let me put it that way. Come on, baby. That and yeah. Jim, that's so. I, I hate to be pessimistic. It's hard for me to see these fall, these winter sports happening. But man, I'm still holding on faith for spring for something. You know what I mean? Like get these kids something before this year's over. And it, and it, time's going by so fast. I don't know where the vaccine's at, but I but I just think that maybe that could be the light to give these kids some type of something. <laughs> it's just so crazy to me that we're talking about getting excited about spring 2021 being right around the corner for, for a vaccine and for sports. Like it's just, it's bizarre. The types of conversations we're it's having not even winter as yet. this, as this pandemic has progressed, like it's just, it's been so crazy to see like sports and not just like the, the types of conversations. Like for me, I've gotten to the point where yeah. I'm like a little like groundhog or something where I'll just come up every now and then stick, my head up and go, Oh, it's still around. Okay. And then just go right back underground. So it's, it's kind of like, it's just it's funny like I, I hope there's spring there's sports in the spring i hope baseball gets going all things but it's just crazy to me that like that's all we have to get excited about is that maybe we're playing sports in the spring of 2021 look look it's, at it's, this it's a tough look, situation. look at this jared and josh look at the th three difference of what this um pandemic has done not, not to the three of us in sports but just in general jerry went from working in a high-rise to working at home Josh yeah. went spending all day influencing, coaching, teaching one-on-one uh, -on -one and team mm. to Laytonville kids. He's doing nothing. And nothing. And I'm I'm going in throwing a mask and a shield and working in a public clinic. <laughs> it's geez. It's so crazy, and a lot of the conversations are around in Laytonville, and I, my, my heart goes out to parents, too. You know, parents are struggling with throwing these kids back at them, is, and everyone wants answers, like when they want date, and no one knows. So we're just, no one knows when it's going to end. No one really knows the vaccine. We don't know. It, it, it's just so much unknown that I think builds attention and build and adds stress and adds uncertainty to, to you know it just may it, we're just living in crazy times now we got to find some way to to smile and be happy because it's not a lot out there well I'll, I'll let you wrap this up josh but all i can say is i love talking to you on the sports phone whether we're having games or not <laughs> man i love you guys i love you guys so much and i listen all the time and you guys are freaking awesome i remember last week they were talking about like giving back and, and public radio and i heard you guys stories about how you guys 
wanted to wanted to get this platform going so bad and and now that it's going you guys like much respect and much love like it's so freaking cool what you guys are doing and i know from listening that it's not always about i mean the different angles of sports and rodeo and the callers that you guys get it's just, it's just so cool i'm so glad that you guys are making this happen because in these crazy times we need a little bit of light and and the sports phones bringing a lot of light so thank you guys Thank you, Josh. Well, if we don't get a lot of calls, we're going to probably talk some hoops later. So if you're listening and want to get cool. in on the action, I know you'll talk hoops forever. So if you, if, you if anything tickles your fancy, feel free to give us a call back later, Josh. Love you guys. Thank you. Yep. Good deal. All right. So uh, with that, that, that uh, Tim, I don't know if that was an uplifting conversation, a downer of a conversation. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say when we're talking about COVID what's what anymore. Well, but it's, it's also hard to say when you're talking about Right, what are you talking about? The epitome of positiveness coming out of Josh Furks. I mean, right, right, right. I, I've never heard this much, um, you, you know, of he, this much questionable stuff from him. We're at 707-895-2448. We'd love to hear from your calls. We've been talking about the near future that I'd like to say – Heck, I, 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 I do realize, Jerry, I did say to you, it's right around the corner. It's not even winter yet, and we're talking about... We're talking about spring 2021 as being right around the corner. That's where we've gotten at this point. Like, it's just... Oh, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. But as Jim said, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Anything going on anywhere in the world of sports, like a, you got a story, a topic, anything crazy you want to bring up, just give us a call. We're happy to talk about it. Jim... Uh, I think we both have something for this week on this day in sports. If we don't have a call, what do you have I'll for November 20th? I'll do mine first. And um, I have November 20th of 1997. This one so jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. A.C. Green. Laker fans know him. Apparently, Mavs fans know him, too, because he broke this record while he was in the Mavs. So it must have been after the Lakers, because what the record is, he played 900. This was his 907th. <clears throat> consecutive NBA game without missing a game. And I looked at that and I said, jeez, we can't even get a superstar nowadays to play three games in one week. This guy played 907 games in a row. I I just... uh, So so anyways, that's what I got. For for a little reference here, Jim, for a little bit of context, uh, can you so, what did you say? It was 907 consecutive games? Yeah. Can you, do you want to take a stab at what the current streak is? I have no idea. That's a good question. Tell me that, and then I'll take a call. The current streak is Joe Ingles at 281. <laughs> so, almost 700 less games, or 700 games to go to catch AC Green's streak. You're on the air, sports phone. <laughs> What's up, Billy Ho over here, uh, fresh out of uh, Ukiah. Billy you know, just got a chance. Wow, chance to hear Ferks, you know, and I mean, what a great guy to have on the radio, you know. <laughs> he, uh, well, you know, Billy, when if we put on our most positive guests, it, it might be you and Ferks one and two. <laughs> well, I know that's why I'm concerned. I mean, if I, <laughs> if we're trying to find a fifth year for these high school kids. And you guys and Ferks can't get it done. We're in trouble, you know. <laughs> well, so. How has it affected JC? Well, by, by the way, I'm, I'm going to introduce you because you did say your name, and that's sort of our rule. We don't introduce people unless they introduce themselves. We have Billy Ophel here. Yeah. He is the uh, longtime uh, 
uh, Mendocino College basketball coach, what are what are you guys going to do? Well, we you know we our season's opted out. I mean, we're not playing this year. This would have been my twelfth year. Uh, tonight would have been the night of our our, our second night of our. Ed Boyle slash John Hogue Memorial Invitational Tournament, you know, and we'd be we'd be balling with a bunch of teams in town tonight if it was a normal year. And again, we're in that same boat too, where we're not playing. So, what about elig- uh, those? I'm sorry. What ahead. about eligibility? Well, they, you know, that's been on the board. I mean, obviously, since the four years have talked about giving guys a free year, that's affected some of our guys in a great way as well, because you know, a lot of scholarship money is not going to be freed up. So moving players on or finding a place for guys that are academically ready to move on when the seniors aren't going to be leaving at the NAIA Division II, Division Three level, it's a lot of money that's not going to be freed up. So it's yeah. definitely interesting, tough times. And, and like you said, I mean, I watched Ferks play as a, as a young legend out of Lakeville in the <laughs> 90s at Mendo. My brother actually played with him in the early 90s and some of the first Mendo teams I saw, you know, Ferks was bouncing up and down the court as, same way he walks around these days. And so to see a guy like that, you know, we're all worried about our players right now. And I think that's a tough time for us. But, again, uh, you know, our year we're, we're kind of on hold. And then hopefully we'll be back in the fall of 21 in order to, to play. But the things we're missing are the things you guys were a part of, our summer league and our chance to interact with some of the local kids. And, you know, we're missing a lot of that right now. And, and it's tough. But, but again, hopefully we'll be, uh, we'll be able to get back at it in the future, you know. Billy, I, I'm curious. I can't remember if we talked to you about this or Jim and I had this conversation, but I, I, I know I at least thought about it at the college level. Is there any worry about like a – and you might have even mentioned this just a second ago, and I, I may have just missed it the way you were wording it – like a backlog of players, if that makes sense, where if if people do stay and try to like redeem an extra year of eligibility, that Ooh, everything that. for a sport like basketball gets clogged up? where there's just a whole other class and there's just too many players in some situations, if that question makes sense? No, it does, Jaron. It's a good question, man. And I think that's where guys aren't looking at it, where people, you know, if you watch ESPN and you hear some of the big talking heads talk, and say, oh, you know, it's great these kids are getting an extra year at the four-year level. But again, what that doesn't do is free up money for players that are academically and even probably physically and mentally ready to move on, especially in a small town and a small community like where all of us have coached in, where you you know you think you got a guy ready, he's ready to move on, and then if you keep everyone on scholarship that's on scholarship right now, you know that's money that's not going to be freed up. So, yeah, we do have some guys that I think are probably ready to go, but they're not going to be able to get the opportunity they maybe would have got pre-COVID because there's not going to be money freed up. And so, you know, if five or six percent of players go pro, you know, any, whoever didn't get drafted last night, you know, yeah, out of those players, right? then everybody else is going to come back and take that opportunity to have another year and maybe do a double major or do a minor and, and take some more classes. And so, yeah, it's a great question, and it's valid. There, There's definitely going to be money that's not going to be freed up, and it's going to take some opportunities away from the small school, high school kids that, that where we all came from or the JC kids that are looking for that next place to go play ball. So, yeah, yeah there, there's sure. that out there, and I think that's why we all are kind of having to just push the, push the pause button right now and figure out what we're going to do in the future. And, and of course, coming off the year we had, too, we, we wanted to get back at it. We were hungry to get back at it. So, um, you know, not, not playing right now. But, again, we've got guys academically doing what they need to do. But, no, that's a good question and a valid question. And that's the flip side of the coin of saying, oh, it's great all these kids are getting extra eligibility. You know, it's not great for the, for the underdog kid and the small school kid that needs at least a partial scholarship to move on, you know. 
Boy, this yeah. is well, so, this talking about. Sorry, Jim, if you don't mind. Go. Yeah, well, I was just curious, Billy. Talking about you mentioned the academic part of it a little bit. Like I know, I know at Linfield where I went to college, they have the, like a chunk of their students on campus. There was a bunch of testing protocols to get them on campus for the year. Ac- from an academic standpoint, how how have things been handled uh, at, at Mendo JC? Does it seem like they're doing the best with you guys are doing kind of the best with the with what you've been given in terms of remote versus on campus learning and those types of things? Yeah, our leadership's done a really great job from, you know, the president on down. We're, you know, we're doing what's safe and everything's pretty much online. So, you know, again, some of these guys are getting an opportunity to take 12 or 13 credits, but nothing's in person. So it's one of these things where, um, you know, we're, we're in that same boat. And I know even Chico and some of the smaller JCs like Siskiyou's and Butte and, and uh, Lassen and some of those places that have dorms, you know, they're going to be dealing with problems of having COVID spread through the dorms. And so for us, you know, without having a big housing place where all of our students stay, everything's pretty much just been online, and, and we're having our students do the best they can to take some of the important classes that are tougher while they're sitting out. But, you know, that's kind of been the thing right now is just taking online class and checking in and doing some Zoom and checking in on the guys, but definitely not the same experience as, as seeing the whites of their eyes every day and building the program and practicing and, you know, doing all those things that we coaches love, you know. Billy, so, are so you, that's definitely are, a different deal. Are you uh... – are you 100% basketball operations, or do you also teach some classes? No, I teach as well in the, in the athletic department, and I have, I've, I've taught a bunch in adaptive PE as well, which is shut down right now. So now I'm doing some online health and teaching some other classes. But, yeah, I, I teach as well. I teach as well and, and have the entire time I've been a part of the program up here since 2009. So, you know, I'm still involved. But, but again, you know, the difference of, for us all as, as basketball guys and, and people that love to get in the gym with your players, you know, that's what we're missing now is the practice time and, and those classes and just getting in the gym every day. Phones Our facilities are, phones have been ringing. closed since March 12th. Phones, you know? are, phones are ringing here, Billy. I'm going to take Billy, one. thanks for calling. Love it, love it, love hey, it, love great it. great to talk to you guys, man. Take care. We'll talk again soon, all right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. You're on the sports phone. Turn your radio down. Yeah, down. Yep. You're on? on? You're live. Yeah, you're on. Okay. Hey, how you doing? Uh, my name's Eamon Brennan. I'm uh, Kira Brennan little brother oh yeah and she she's your biggest fan and one of the reasons i was calling is to see if you guys have merch so i could get it for her for christmas oh god if the, oh you just opened a door to all <laughs> sorts of ideas i hadn't thought for a second about sports phone yeah. merch until right now hey, oh boy minute. oh yeah well, whatever you this... guys got i'll be the first one to get it jerry <laughs> let, jerry let me let me let me make sure you realize who we're talking to here I, I I can't remember how many um, brothers Kira Kira has. Does she have two? Right? No, no. Just uh, I'm just the only brother in the middle. Okay, so, so Jerry, Jerry, remember last week when Kira uh-huh. is, is the one that read that that story about AV yeah. pickup basketball. <laughs> this is the guy that wrote it. Yeah. No. I. I okay. Yeah. Cool. I thought we were talking about sports phone merch, though. He got my brain thinking about something else. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking yeah. about. I didn't know what merch was. Oh, <laughs> oh right, come right, on! Yeah. You know what Whatever merch is. Okay. Well. Well, but th- thanks for putting that on. Uh, putting that on the other day. That was fun. Uh, Kira actually ended up putting that in the paper, and and that was a fun little run there. 
She sent but us. He, she sent us the long version. That was very. I like the. I like the fat. I like the part when you went over. I played some pickup with those guys, and your description of guys like Appfell and J, J. C. Uh, J, uh, J D. Collins. Derek Collins. Yeah. He, he is. He is like. Um, Ginobili. He is like the perfect Boonville Ginobili. <laughs> he had the baby hook. That it was just sort of like, why got, bother? You couldn't stop it. Thanks for the call. I'm taking another one. Appreciate <laughs> thank, it. Thank you. All right, later. Bye. Hello, you're on the air. So you guys have merchandise? <laughs> oh, here no, we go. It's, what I'm I, saying how do I not have a, a shirt or a hat or a hoodie that says sports phone? What's going on here? <laughs> no. Vince, I would no. I was saying <laughs> until he mentioned that I hadn't even thought about it, and now my brain is just spinning with ideas. All right, who's, oh, who's going to be I in charge? A, I want a I want a sports phone coffee cup. That's that's all I care about. <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, when he said that, I my eyes lit up, Jerry. I'm right there with you. I love it. <laughs> he wants to get he wants sports phone gear for his sister. I know. <laughs> I thought that was the best call and ever. I was like, "What a what a great idea! Stocking stuffers for your for your the fans of the sports phone. I, I think that's fantastic." Oh goodness! Hey, great great interview with uh, Josh. By the way, he's such a great energy and uh, love hearing his take. It's a it's a sad take. I'm not I excited to hear it at the moment, but it's good to hear his take on on things in the state of. Uh, of, of high school, you know, everything, not just sports, but the academic side, too, is, is difficult. I know some teachers in, in the area actually just chatted with Scott Duncan the other day who's doing, you know, online teaching for a school down in Santa Cruz, oh, which wow. is crazy to think. But uh, it, it's, God, what a weird situation. Um, but a great job getting him on there and, and just giving us a heads up on where things are at. And how how about the natural segue into Billy Ophel? It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> oh, you you gotta love that guy too, man. I mean, what a what a, another great energy and a great coach and a, just another perspective. I mean, again, we you guys were kind of talking about the you know almost the red shirt idea for high school and you know how that would work or blah blah blah. And he you know Billy was able to chime in on on the way they would how that would affect them at a two year college. You know, like that's a, it's such a Interesting thing to be able to hear great, uh, real perspectives of the different levels that we have in our community. I I question you this, Vince and Jerry. You could probably back me up in this. Would you and I be the coaches that we were, good or bad? Would we know each other as well as we do, good or bad, had it not been for Billy Ophel? There's your question right there, Vince. Uh. I would say, Jim, what, what, what the experience I had going over there for every summer did for me was it made me a better coach. I got to I got to go and sit across from yeah. uh, uh, Dwayne, you know, twice over the summer and and pick his brain a little bit in between games. You know, maybe waiting for our game to start. We're sitting in the stands, uh, talking to Billy, picking his brain a little bit, like. Uh, you know, those types of things. And not only that, just like sitting around with other parents from Fort Bragg because we had Fort Bragg kids in our team or, or whatever it was. Like, that was just that he created an, an experience for people to, in our community, as small schools that we are, feel like we were in a bigger community and had more ability to, to talk to other people uh, about the same thing that we were doing, coaching basketball. And, and I thought it was just the, the most fun. And for, for me, getting, it, it, I think that was the experience that made me know you, Jim, That's what personally I mean. better, for sure. No doubt about it. When you and I went around and did 
those those games down in uh, Tamil Pius and stuff yeah, with the, yeah. with Ryan and Dominic and that crew. That was a, a you know summer summer league at all at ball anywhere we, we did it. You and I had a, a bond there during that period of time, without a doubt. You think it's as important, Jerry, as, as as we did? I mean, did you get a lot out of summer leagues? I, oh, I got a lot out of summer league in general. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that that was great. I think again, it's summer league. Is I've said this before. Summer league is the most pure form of basketball because yeah. you just get to keep playing. You know, it's you're not practicing all week and then just playing yeah. one game. You play a game. You wait, sit down for an hour. You play another game. It's it's the best. Yeah. Did you, Jerry? You know, obviously Jim and I are talking about him and I having a a bigger bond during that period of time. But did you find that you and the people you were going to play with, and maybe you only got to play with you know the four Brad kids mostly, but. If, if there was any Mendo kids that played with you in summer, did you feel like your bond with them for the season got better? I legitimately, Vince, can't answer that question I because I played never with, played with Mendo players. Not even one in summer league. I don't think I, I, I actually. I, I will say this though, in the same in the same way, um, I did definitely have a greater appreciation and became closer friends with people that I really, t- to some extent, didn't like from Fort Bragg ah. for, for a certain amount of time. I will openly say that. They're like, there were players with the, on, on those Fort Bragg teams that I played against that until I played with them during the summer and actually got to spend time with them, I didn't care for all that much. Uh, but, but I think it's the same idea that you're talking about, where after playing with them, actually getting to spend time with them, I think I was closer with them than I was previously. Absolutely. See, that, that's interesting because I felt, I felt that I noticed that when we at times had... Uh, uh, right. Saul and Trace come up and do open gyms at Mendo, and I think mm-hmm. Michael Metlin from Fort Bragg and a few other kids came to open gyms at Mendo, and I kind of I feel like for myself I noticed our players being like, oh these these are just high school kids, they're not that yeah. bad. <laughs> I just always I I just always only interact with them on the basketball court in a competitive game, so they got to break down that barrier and be like, oh Trace isn't a jerk, he's just a high school kid in Point Arena. And we get to play ball together. It, it was it was neat to see that, and I and that's why I do think what Billy does is amazing. Because so many times teams are short players, and they they grab someone else. And there's no better way to feel connected to somebody than a, a five on five game of basketball. It, <laughs> I mean, that's right. just, it took special uh, it took special personalities. I you know Jerry obviously my son, but I don't think anybody in Men- Mendocino could have gone and played. You know, twenty-five games with Fort Bragg and and no. got along as well as he did. I also think there's a kid like that, I mean, that little lefty named Brian from Fort Bragg. He he used to just come along and play oh. with, play with us. Yeah. And it was something about him, yeah. not his basketball talent. It was something about nope. him. You know, yeah, he, he was just a good kid who just wanted to enjoy the moment and have fun. Yeah. Like there was no ego involved. I think Jerry's one of those kids that I you know, through the years of being at Mendo and I didn't get a chance to really be there very much while you were in school, Gary, but, you know, I could always tell from that one year that I did get to coach while you were there that uh, you were just a different kind of high school kid. You know, you were already kind of, kind of like a Vinnie Longo, you kind of had that perspective of I'm I'm already looking further beyond where I'm at right now, and I don't hold a whole lot to this moment, uh, you know, ego-wise, which was always nice to see. Where do you want to go from here, Jerry? The phones aren't ringing right now. We'd love to hear from you. 707-895-2448. Um, you might want to mention to uh, Vince that there's going to be an NBA team in Tampa Bay. Oh, 
Well, I love it. I, I guess that's the COVID that update one. that I have. Where and it's funny, like I, I didn't think about this until it happened, but the same thing happened. So if you flash back to the baseball season, same Toronto thing Blue happened Jays. with the Toronto Blue Jays, where uh, the they were not allowed. There was this whole thing where Major League Baseball and the Blue Jays had to more or less petition the Canadian government to say, "Hey, can we have home games in Toronto?" And the Canadian government said no. And now this is all playing out again for the NBA, where the Raptors, it turns out, are not going to get to have home games and in Toronto, so to speak. And I, I didn't really re- realize it until I saw the news. Um, it's unfortunate for a lot of different reasons. I think it's unfortunate for, I think the biggest part was just that the Raptors are one of the most passionate fan bases in the NBA. Like, they yeah. love that team up there. So. Yeah. I didn't really understand the connection to why it sounds like they're going to play their their home games in Tampa, Florida, but just in general, like for the next kind of shoe to drop with, you know, the COVID NBA season getting ready to get started relatively soon. That's a it's a sour taste for the NBA season to start in to start in like one of the big news things is that the Raptors aren't going to get to get home games. Vince, let me let me see who's calling here. Vince, get back to us if you got something. All right. Well, well, hold on, really, really quick, Actually, Jerry. I think the reason they chose Tampa is if you if you look at it, they're going to play Atlanta, Miami, Orlando, um, the oh. most. So that's why it's regional. Um, yep, I'll, I'll listen in and I'll call back if I have some guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks Vince. Vince. Yep. You're on the air. The sports phone. Hello. Hi. Uh, I'll I'll start by telling you that I was a nationally competitive swimmer for many years. But what I have done since before I was born is be a contra dancer. Wow. So, yes. And contra dancing, unlike competitive sports, the goal is not to see who gets there first. The goal is for everyone to get there at the same time. <laughs> and I am missing contra dancing. But what inspired me to call tonight is to say something about a man who recently died, and I happen to have known him a little bit. His name was Travis Roy. He was born and raised in the state of Maine. As I knew him because we all lived in Maine. And at two, his father put ice skates on him, which was pretty much a family tradition. And Travis skated and then started playing ice hockey, which a lot of kids in Maine do. And he was a star. Yeah. And then he went to Boston College. And in his first collegiate, in the first moment of his first collegiate ice hockey game, he broke his neck. Wow. On the... on the on the ice? Yes, he ran into the boards at first. And it was a big tragedy. And a lot of people in the state of Maine and everywhere in the sports world were horrified that this had happened. But it did. Wow. And he spent the rest of his life transporting himself in a wheelchair. And Travis Roy did not spend his time saying, well, when I get back on the ice, or, oh, I lost so much, 
spent his life trying to figure out what to do with what he had. And he did an amazing, marvelous job of that. And he shared that with many other people. I think I understand what it means to lose being around other people. And I recognize that it's particularly hard for kids because they don't have the life experience that says, find something else to do. Find a different way to live. And I'll help you learn how to do that. So I, I feel um, quite discouraged when I hear people who are in a position to teach that to kids constantly, or not constantly, but more than I would like to hear, talking mm-hmm. about helping the kids to get ready for going back. Life doesn't go back. Maybe time moves in more than one direction, but apparently it moves forward. And we, we need to help kids learn how to do that. And, and it might include a competitive sport in a team that you've become part of. It might not. Mm-hmm. Time moves forward. Life moves forward. We all need to be doing that. And it is not easy for us right now because we've had very comfortable lives, most of us. But I, I prefer to think of this time as an opportunity to learn and to teach how to move forward, how to recognize and revel in what we have had, but to move forward with some expectation that something new will be coming our way. I appreciate that perspective. And, the um, I, I think a lot of, especially during these times, I, I think the adults of the world have had to get a grip on moving forward um, before they could teach it to the children to move forward. These have been some of the hardest times for adults to grasp that concept the last eight months as well. Yep. And, uh, but that doesn't mean we don't have to do it. Right. Appreciate the call. Thank you for the program. Yep. Thank, thank you. Wow, that now that there's there's a lesson. I mean, I have to believe that us that that have coached youth sports and been really into it have taught that lesson, Jer. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, hey, Debbie Dan here. Hey, Dan. I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know whether anybody else mentioned this before. I was in and out doing chores, but you were talking about red shirting, and uh, I'm thinking 2020 is a red shirt year. Uh, I don't know whether you, any, either of you guys, did, did you do a red shirt year, Jerry? So uh, at the level that I played in college basketball, uh, you were only allowed to red shirt if it was for medical medical reasons. There was no oh, really? red shirting to keep it. Yeah, yeah. Division three, because of whatever the rules are around there, the only thing you can red shirt for is a medical red shirt. Uh, people must have been abusing it. How about you, Jim? Did you do a red shirt year? I was in the same thing. I was in Division three, and, and um, I was even obviously there – 30 years before Jerry, and we couldn't redshirt either. Um, but I want to uh, get your take on something, Dan, because 
that was a very small part of that conversation. We, we're talking about the NCAA may just give a kids another, whether they registered or not, may just add a year of eligibility for your sport if you miss that sport, especially kids under scholarship, I believe. But we were talking about our high school is going to do something like that, and we just don't see a way. I mean, seniors are just yeah. Kind of no, I mean, yeah, I mean, high school is when you graduate. I've always talked about graduation as that's the point when you can decide whether you want to keep on with school or not. I don't think that people graduate from preschool or anything like that. But high school, that's when you are an adult and you make a decision. I'm going to go on with more schooling and play sports or do whatever. Right. I'm going to pursue more education or I'm not. That's your decision. So that's you graduate onto a different portion of your life. So um, as far as, yeah, high school, I couldn't see a redshirt year. But you know what the origin of the term redshirt is? Oh, I was waiting for that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking it up on uh, on Wikipedia, every man's uh, duct tape knowledge here. And it's from uh, Warren Alston of the University of Nebraska, who in 1937 asked to practice but not play and wore a Nebraska red shirt without a number. So it was the uh. Cornhuskers, and uh, this guy didn't want to, you know, he just wanted to play. Maybe he was a sadist and he just wanted to go through two-a-days and uh, all that kind of stuff huh. and decided not to play. And, that's but, how the, uh, the term red shirt came. Yeah. Uh, so, Jerry, what's, you know, the definition I, I in, think, what's the definition in, in, in NCAA of a red shirt year? Oh, boy, if I can tell you what it is, if what I is couldn't it? give you an official definition, but it basically means that you are you practice with the team, but you do not lose a year of eligibility. Uh, so you can you basically if you redshirt your freshman year, your sophomore year, you go into it with four years of eligibility instead of three. Exactly, and you're you're basically a slave to the rest of the team because they're all players, and you're the guy who picks up all the crap off of the field after practice, and you know anything else that they decide to haze you with. I I'm Man, not... I, I didn't even redshirt, and I had to deal with that as a freshman. Maybe that's just because it's a D three level. That that's how it works. I, I'm not sure that redshirt's a double freshman. It's basically redshirt. You're a freshman for two years. I think it's been used more strategically nowadays for for more senior uh, students than just freshmen. I, I I think there's people that have played a, a year or two. They 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 saw the writing on the wall as far as who was coming back, who wasn't coming back, and it was more advantageous for them to take a redshirt year to get more playing time. I I don't know. I don't think it was yeah, just... Yeah, so, so I have a larger question with this. So we've had kind of, like I said, basically 2020 is a red shirt year. You know, people have been trying to play, but they're playing half seasons and they're quarantining. I'm wondering if 21, 22, 23, we're going to see some records broken because you got a lot of guys who are kind of taking, you know, guys and gals, excuse me, both sides of the gender fence there, um, taking it easy for a year and it's going to weed out you know some of the guys are like oh, we're in quarantine i'm going to you know i'm going to eat all i want and i'm not going to exercise as much and some people are like no i'm working even harder so i'm wondering if there's going to kind of be you know kind of separating the the wheat from the chaff and we're going to see some records broken because people have rested up for a year or whether it's going to be yeah we're out of we're out of practice 
I think you saw that at a very small level when the NBA restarted their season uh, and they mm-hmm. finished their season in the bubble in, in Florida. There were definitely some players that seemed like they were more prepared for it than others. Uh, right. I, I absolutely buy that you could see that, at the, especially at the college level. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, I'm out of here. Thanks, guys. Great show. Great, uh, Thanks, great job last week on the pledge drive. Yeah, we Thanks. felt Thanks. really good about it. Thanks again. 707-895-2448. Uh, let's call it 10 minutes, Jer. Check the clock here. Yep, we're off at 7.59 again. So, um, All right. I'll call it about 10 minutes. But, yeah, uh, a little bit left on the show here. Again, give us a call, whatever you want to talk about, 707-895-2448. Plenty going on in the world of sports to talk about. Uh, Jim and I have some ideas and topics, but if you want to call and talk about something, give us a call. 707-895-2448. Uh, Jim, with these 10 minutes, I mean, different things we could talk about. We could definitely talk some hoops if you want to. There's a lot going on. Uh, let's, uh, but uh, whatever, whatever's on your mind. Let's take this one first. You're on the air at the sports phone. Hello, it's Burton. Hey, Burton. Hey, Burton. Good to hear from you. Uh, hi, it was a slow night, so I, I, I figured out some good uh, today in sport, today's date in sport. For you, I, I found a whole bunch of them, but I, I have two for you. All right, I want to see if you have one of ours, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, somebody. Okay. Here. In 1934, on this day in sports. Yeah. A man, and this is, I mean, this is hockey. Not my, not none of our, none of us uh, are, are big fans of hockey, as far as I know, the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, hockey. A very low-scoring game rarely happens that somebody scores two times in a game. A guy named Busher Jackson in 1934 scored four third-period goals. Wow! To win a game, their team was down by one, and they won five to two. He was uh, in the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they beat the St. Louis Eagles. Are we supposed to That's guess this person? Pardon? What? No, he gave he gave the name, Jim. The guy's name is Busher Jackson, four third-period goals in a hockey game. Wow. I've never heard of four. I've heard four goals in a game, but not in a, not in a, in, in a period. Yeah. Huh. And the other one is something that is uh, nearer to uh, both your hearts. This is a basketball stat. Took place in okay. 2012. A guy named Jack Taylor. Oh, yeah. yeah. We know him. <laughs> okay. Grinnell. He scored 100, 138 games, points in one game. I, Grinnell College. There's, there's a lot of backstory behind that, Burton. And he yeah. he, he did do it. And and uh, <laughs> so, so let me ask you this, Burton. Is that the first you've ever heard of Jack Taylor? No, I heard of him, but I just thought... I, I I didn't know I couldn't bring that up. I, I heard of him and I couldn't I couldn't even tell you if it was basketball or what he played. But I knew he was young when he was playing. I remember when he quit playing, which wasn't that long after that. Well, he never he never got drafted, right, Jer? No, he didn't. He did not. No, uh, I, I think I think he had sour grapes, something like basketball let him down or something like that. Well, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, we could we could change this day in sports to to a stump the. To a stump, yeah, the, the, the no, whole. No, I don't want to mess with on this day. I could have done a stump on that, and you probably would have got. We would have gotten the the Jack Taylor. We both would have jumped at that as soon as you said 138 points in a game. We would have said Jack Taylor. 
Because for mm-hmm. some reason, I just asked Jerry about him recently. I don't think I would have gotten the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I find it really interesting because I, I, I don't recall, in, in, in watching games, I recall some really high scorers in professional, but not that many high scorers in college. Yeah, the the Jack Taylor story is a bizarre one just because there's so much of like there's so much background that goes into that where you you learn about the where he was playing basketball, how that team played, how they went went about allowing someone to score that many points. There's a lot that goes into that story. Um, Grinnell is a very unique basketball situation um for i think i think even up until this year with COVID, i think it's still the same coach still doing the same thing uh but yeah that, that's a weird story just because grinnell is a very unique basketball school uh at all levels it's not an, just in not just in college in the world of basketball grinnell is a very unique unique situation they did what i call a style of play it was an experiment in basketball and jerry says it's ongoing i've got to believe it's him. a math experiment grinnell's grinnell's a math experiment math experiment in basketball let the other team score so you have more time to score yourself that was one of the parts of the formulas burton which it goes so far against interesting yeah to keep the ball yeah. moving Get the ball back so, and run so across the, yeah. the basics, Jer. But but so even beyond that, to simplify it even more, the 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 math burden of Grinnell's style of basketball is: for every three we hit, the other team has to make two twos to stay to stay to keeping up with us. So they would shoot. That's that's the fundamental math behind Grinnell's basketball: is that if we make one three, it takes everybody. It takes the other team two baskets that aren't threes. So we're just going to shoot a ton of threes. And there was a math professor <laughs> that basically came up with a formula that says, if you can make this many threes per game, you can't lose. And so Grinnell came up with this idea of, we're just going to run down the floor, shoot a quick three, and we're just going to let the other team score more or less. But we're going to get the ball back and we're going to fire up another one. It, 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 was, it was fascinating to watch. There's a couple high school... Teams that we played against that tried to do it and it was an absolute failure. Yeah. Interesting, Jack Taylor. Thanks for bringing that up, Burton. All right, man. Have a good night. See ya. Yeah, it, it was really fascinating. Why, I think. Why do we the, bring it up? Besides Burton, why were you and I just talking about that? Because it was today. Today is that. So you were probably hearing about it. It had just happened recently. Oh, so all right. All right. Yeah. But, but it really was fascinating. I, again, I think I was more interested. I don't like watching Grinnell play basketball, no. but I love reading the math behind why Grinnell plays the way they do. I think it's it's fascinating. If there's any like analytics people listening that love the analytics of sports and and don't know anything about Gr- Grinnell until right now, go find kind of the papers and the articles that talk about the math behind why Grinnell plays basketball the way they, they do. It's really really interesting. It's yeah. it's a it's a really cool, like I said, math experiment that for the most part failed. Yeah, uh, it didn't work in in practice, but it's still really interesting to read about. We I don't know if you remember, Jerry. We beat a team, a private school in, in the yeah. in the Rebel Classic, I believe, and and they tried to do that. And what I think you might have said when I told you about it was, you got to have some equivalent, at least get the high school level of a Jack Taylor for that to work. You can't do it without with mediocre shooters. But even then, though, like that's the thing to talk about with this. It's like e- even then, 
Grinnell didn't win an NCAA, the NCAA tournament that year with Jack Taylor. And they, they didn't even win their conference. Well, they were D, like, D2 anyways, right? No, they're Division three. Oh, they're D3. Okay. Yeah, but but that's the but my point is like even the year that they had a guy that did that, they didn't even win their own conference that year. Huh. Like it wasn't like they were winning tons and tons of games. They won games and that was one of their better teams, but but they still weren't this amazing team by any means. Huh. Do you um Oh, jeez, Jerry. I just got another text. Thanks, Jim. Love you, Jerry. Send me a Send me a sports phone hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about this and figure out our options. I think you're right about public radio. We got to do this. <laughs> We're going to have to talk to the station and do this the right way if we actually want to get some sports phone merch. I'd be down for it. I think it'd be great. Uh, a couple minutes left on the show here on the sports phone. Just about two minutes and change left here. So not sure if we're going to take any more calls. Uh, that'll be at Jim's uh, discretion. But uh, a couple minutes left on the sports phone here. Jim, I'll throw my on this day in sports in, even though it's right at the end. I forgot. Uh, you and this one is it. just so random. But I, I just got done watching a show on Netflix all about chess. And so I wanted oh, to wow. throw this out there because I saw it. Uh, November 20th of 1981, uh, Anatoly Karpov from Russia uh, retained his title as world chess champion. So what? I mean, I, someone's got to win. What makes that special? I, like I said, nothing makes it special. I just finished watching, but but I finished watching a show on Netflix all about chess, and so that one happened to stand out for me. What on from a sports? We you've got. Um, I'm giving you 45 seconds here. Where it's going to be hard to take any calls unless it's a real quick one. But I want to know. Oh, geez, this guy. Another text here. This guy says, "Forget." Can ask me the question or not? Forget the hoodie. I want a sports phone ball cap. Um, <laughs> Um, what was the topic again, real quick? Chess. Um, what was the basic? I mean, for, was it from a competitive standpoint? Was it from a, a dedication standpoint? What made it a good, good sports show? You got 30, I, it wasn't seconds. a sports show. I think that's what made it a good show. Is like it was more about like the personality of the main character than uh, it was about chess. But there was a lot of chess involved in it. Huh. Yeah, right. It was more about the characters than it was about chess. I will say, though, real quick to wrap this up, and I don't know if this is a thing. In the show, the BBC was doing radio broadcasts of national chess champ of world chess championships. And if that's a real thing, I want to hear a radio broadcast of a chess tournament. Yeah, from like I, I from absolutely like a Dick, want to hear from that. like a Dick Vet Vitel. Yeah, exactly. I want a high energy chess broadcast. Come on, Jared. Twenty seconds. You started this show. End it. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for everyone uh, for calling in on the sports phone. Thanks to Josh Ferks for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the show. And until then, I'll wrap it up. Thanks, Jim. See you next week. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.